Peace to you. Welcome back to the Living Water chapter. Let's pick up where we left off in Old Testament and the book of Isaiah. We made it to chapter 35. So if you want to read along with me, let's begin with verse 1. And before we do, you see what the heading is, the future glory of Zion. So that's what we're going to talk about. In verse 1, the wilderness and wasteland shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. So Isaiah is the prophet. That's who the book is named after. The person believed to be in touch with God, getting messages from God, delivering them to the rest of humanity, us included. And it seems that he's seeing a time where um, the land will be blossoming out like flowers do. Verse 2, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the excellence of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God. So these areas, these, these places, Lebanon, Carmel, Sharon, those are areas, places. And it seems that Isaiah, I'm sorry, yeah, Isaiah is saying that uh, all these different areas are going to take part in the rejoicing and in the seeing the renewal, renaissance that the area seems going to experience. Uh, Lebanon, for instance, is in the news in modern times with what's going on in Gaza. But like I already said, the laws are changing where you can't even talk about certain things. Um, and in fact, the laws just changed here in Florida, even with all that the governor has to deal with, with all the things that the ex-president said he did as far as using government uh, public funds to ship people from the border for political reasons and move them to other places. That's illegal. It's criminal. But he's still walking around free because he has the complexion of my palms instead of the complexion of the rest of my body. Because uh, if he were black, he wouldn't still be walking around free and that money wouldn't just be gone unaccounted for. In fact, it looks like now he's sending troops there to the border to make sure that Florida plays a part in what's going on there. But more likely, it seems to me, there'll be an opportunity taken to sort of hide where some different funds went or other things took place would be my guess. That's what I'm thinking is happening because they've changed other laws now where uh, if you're trans and going to get your driver's license, there's hoops for you to jump through, additional ones now. And they actually changed the law to make it a felony for um, trans people. To, it's a mess. So that shows you where Florida's at and how what Jesus said comes true. It's what hypocrites and religious bigots do. They strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. They focus on the tiniest little things while they let huge issues float by and go unnoticed. They distract with BS, to say it plain. The same way you see now where there's a shooting that's happened um, and they're talking about race and how the news reports it. And you can see them talking about it in all these different outlets, but don't be distracted by it. What they're not talking about is how those two people who, whatever race they are, is are being uh, charged with something that everyone on January 6th didn't get charged with. The th same charge we talked about before when it happened. If somebody dies during the commission of a crime, even if the crime is, um, even if the, the death isn't uh, at your hand, even if police commit the murder at during the time of you committing the crime, it's called felony murder. And you see those people are charged with that right off the bat. Something no, none of the people on January 6th, as far as I know, got charged with. And yet you see now news, <clears throat> excuse me, just about every outlet distracts you with the race, but doesn't mention the fact that 
something terrible like January 6th happened and none of the people got charged with felony murder when actually all of them should have been charged with felony murder. None of them got charged with that. In fact, many of them only, most of them, the majority got to leave. It's just that sick. It's America. Back to where we're at. Sorry for the digression. Verse 3. Strengthen the weak hands and make him make firm the feeble knees. So Isaiah is saying encourage the people um, for this time. But why would they need encouragement since he's talked about a blossoming that's happening? Verse 4. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong. Do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. With the recompense of God, he will come and save you. So Isaiah is saying that the people should be reassured that God's on their side. Um, let's see how he sees that happening. He says it doesn't sound like the people have been very faithful to this point. And we've read about times where they've been cast aside uh, for their unfaithfulness. So this, I guess, would set a tone. This would be able to use this to see on a timeline of where the people are were in history and their wars, say like with the books of Kings or the books of the Chronicles uh, at the time of Isaiah. Um, I'm not that great at history like that to be able to lay it out. So if you are, maybe you can figure it out. Verse 6, then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb sing, for waters shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. So a total renaissance of renewal of all things, even that the animals are, that nature are going to rejoice in it. So why would the people be fearful hearted? Verse 7, the parched ground shall become a pool and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of jackals for each lay, there should be grass with reeds and rushes. So sounds like everything's going to be lush and like a paradise. Verse 8, a highway shall be there and a road and it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. So it seems that Isaiah is saying that there's going to be a guaranteed way of salvation available to everyone, even the fool. Um, so it seems the highway of holiness, I mean, just reading it sounds like it had to be Christ. But I mean, that's, it's in capitals, the highway and holiness are. So it seems to me this is, must be some sort of analogy to uh, of how he's seeing Jesus in the future and Jesus does mention Isaiah as during his ministry Jesus's ministry men mentions Isaiah so um, perhaps this is one of the visions that Isaiah saw of Christ and the fact that there would be an open door available to everyone uh, but unfortunately or maybe I guess by God's plan not everyone's going to take it verse 9 no lion should be there, nor shall any ravenous beast go upon it. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. So clearly he's talking about not a, an I-95 or a Route 1. He's talking about a spiritual highway to light. And again, I think he must be referring to Jesus. Um, verse 10. And the ransoms of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing, everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness. The sorrow and sighing shall flee away. So talk about a renaissance. That's like a total turn of events where things are much more pleasant and more uh, relaxed. And like I said, a paradise, it seems. A time that has not happened yet. Um, and it sounds, again, like um, 
it says Zion in the in the heading, but it sounds more like it's referring to a heaven or a paradise, or maybe in the in a non-spiritual sense. Maybe he's talking about the era that happened after Jesus' ministry, where uh, the where what is what is it? The veil of the temple was torn from top, torn in two from top to bottom. Where um, another prophet says a highway will be there, and that um, the Savior's feet will touch down on the mountain. So maybe in that sense, there was it, these are visions of when Jesus came and offered salvation to whomsoever will. That's the only way it makes sense to me. Um, but that's the last verse in this chapter. So that's what we'll end this part of um, our Naked Truth reading. And we'll go on now to our passage of the day so that we not ever, ever, ever neglect to include the red letters. So this is now to the Naked Truth portion of the reading. And it's going to come from Luke chapter 5, six red letters. I think it's passage of the day number 39. I'll be sure to number it in the description of this uh, cast. Um, so it's Luke chapter five, let's see. And it is, uh, where is it? Oh, well, so the last one was Mark one fifteen. Luke five. There it is. Okay, sorry. So today's passage of the day is Luke chapter, so it's the third book in the New Testament, uh, chapter 5, and it's verse 13, and it reads, Then he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy left him. So the part I remember is the red letters, the I'm willing, be cleansed. That's the passage I say and think of. It's a daily one I meditate on personally, but it's also one I use in the times that I don't feel so good, like whether it's an illness, like you ate the wrong thing, drank too much of the wrong thing, or whatever it is, illness maybe when I'm praying to feel better for myself or someone else. And that's one of the passages, one of the verses, some of the words of Christ that I focus on to in, in my mind and my Christian walk. Its um, significance is Acknowledging the fact that I know God is able to help me, to save me, to heal me. Um, but the question is, is God willing? So the, the prayer, this verse comes from when someone encountered Jesus and also knew that God, in this case, Jesus, had the ability to help them. Um, but he just, he just said plainly, if you're willing, I know you can help me. In fact, verse 12 says that if you're willing, you can make me clean. So the person had no doubt that God, Jesus, could help them. The only question was, are you willing to? Lord, are you willing to? So that's the verse that, why that verse stands out to me um, as the passage of the day. I appreciate you joining me for the uh, Living Water Chapel and the Naked Truth. Hope it's a blessing for you and that you'll join me again. Love you. Stay safe. Peace be with you. One last thing. I don't know if you saw. It talks about in Revelation, and I just saw on the news where there's another a lunar landing, this time by a private company. But one of the things I'd say that um, you should look out for, that you can't believe everything you see and things can be manipulated. A good example of it is when you see these space missions, um, not just with the one that's uh, now the first uh, private 
effort to do it and to land on the moon. That's successful anyway. At least as far as I can understand the reports to be. But the thing to look out for is the animation. They mix a whole lot of animation in with actual footage. The only actual footage that you can generally see that I've noticed is that's attached to the, the craft itself and shows basically what's directly right there in the line of sight of the craft as it's attempting to land. All that other stuff where it seems to be another point of view, uh, a sort of second person point of view of watching it take off or soar through the sky or attempt to land. Where was that camera at? How did that camera get into place to be able to capture the, the craft doing all that stuff? The answer is it didn't. It can't. It's not. It's not that. It's animation. They just don't, don't even bother to put animation on the video anymore to let you know that that's not what's actually happening. The only thing you can see that's actual footage that you really can count on as being close, and you can't even count on that because that can be fake too, is the black and white footage because color becomes a non-thing once you leave the Earth's atmosphere. At least that's the way I understand the science to be. So all these different shots of from some other angle showing a craft land or uh, let out to, it let out its balloon to, to land safer or orbiting, there would have to be a camera from a whole different perspective to catch that. So the, unless they shot a camera of that's orbiting the craft itself that's flying through space, it doesn't make sense that it's actually footage. It's instead animation. So don't be fooled by that, I'd say. Love you. See you next time. Peace be with you.